You're listening to a Burnt Toast production. The Terrible Business of Salmon and Dusk. Written and read by Mike Bartlett. Book One, How to Disappear Completely. Prelude, War of the Spoons. On her first night in London, Theodora Jones lay awake on someone else's carpet and listened to the city. Voices and sirens and distant music, the promise of adventures ready to begin. She was never going to sleep again. Her whole body ached, her head was hot and dry with stale wine, her skin greasy from 36 hours inside a plane. She had never needed a shower so badly. Josh had taken her straight from Heathrow to an Islington pub, and then to a Camden pub, followed by a curry house of uncertain location, before ending up in a completely different Islington pub, crammed next to a man with a whippet. There had been a football game on the telly, although the exact details were lost to her. Just before the final whistle, with defeat inevitable, the landlord had swapped channels to a different game, and the pub started cheering for another team. Josh had assured her it made sense, mathematically. He was going to work in finance, after all. Now he was unconscious on half an inch of shagpile rug, drooling. His friend and landlord, was it Stephen or Simon, was sleeping on the couch. There were six Australians living in the two-bedroom flat, not counting the visitors. Josh had his back to her. He always slept facing away from her, claiming he found it comfortable. Out of principle, Theo always slept with her back to him, rejecting his lack of affection by refusing to spoon. In her silent tussle of pride and affection, the spooner submitted to the spoonee. It was a war of the spoons, and she was winning. Or perhaps she was losing, or perhaps it was the same thing. Theo looked at her boyfriend's back, at the ragged collar of his t-shirt, at its moth holes and sweat stains, and wondered if she wished he wasn't here. I always do it, you bloody do it. The voice drifted up five floors to the lounge room window. The blinds were open, framing an amber sky. Theo had never seen anything like it. There was a whole new city out there beneath that sky. A new life, both on a scale, she hoped, that she could barely grasp. Walking to the window, she could see two men on the street below. The shorter of the two men was growling at the taller, It was a warm night, but both were in coats, cast in streetlight silhouette. Both were engaged in an argument that seemed to involve them repeatedly exchanging a hessian sack for a battered cricket bat. You always say you hate picking them up, the taller man retorted, thrusting forward the bat. The shorter man snatched back the sack. You always tell me I hate picking them up, and that's just so you can leg it if you need to. How am I going to know if I hate it if I never get the chance? Fine, the taller man slapped the blade of the bat against his palm, experimentally. With an air of determination, he pulled the flaps of his deer-stalker down about his ears and strode off along the pavement. Without breaking stride, he swung the bat half a dozen times, each stroke decapitating one of the coin-fed parking meters that sprang from the curb. This done, he rested the bat on his right shoulder and walked off, whistling cheerfully. Behind him, the other man scurried along the curb, fetching the fallen steel heads and depositing them in his sack. At first, he attempted this with some dignity, but he was soon on his knees, fumbling and scrabbling beneath parked cars. 
At the conclusion of his business, he stood, sweating and breathless, and called after his colleague. Don't bloody wait then, will you? He coughed and spat at his feet. Okay then, you were right. I bloody ate it. The sack clanked and jangled at his back. Oh, Jesus! A police car came bowling around the nearest corner, throwing blue light everywhere. The shorter man dropped the sack and threw himself over the brick wall of a housing estate, sprinting away into the shadows. Theo pressed her forehead against the glass, craning for a better view of the street, but saw no sign of his tall accomplice. The police car mounted the curb, two policemen jumped out and gave chase. No sooner had they disappeared over the wall than a black cab came flying down the street from the opposite direction. The cab slowed, but didn't stop. The driver, the flaps of his deer stalker rising and falling in the draft, stuck his head out and gave the horn three short blasts. His accomplice came back over the wall, snatched up the fallen sack and, running out onto the road, threw himself across the cab's back seat. The vehicle swerved, the right rear door flailing open and the sack lolling out over the tarmac and vanished around the corner. Or did it? Theo hadn't actually seen it go. Somewhere between her turning her head from south to north, in the smallest gap of her attention, she had lost sight of it, and despite the lack of any other traffic, couldn't find it again. Neither could the policemen. Returning to their vehicle, they executed a clumsy three-point turn and burned off back in the direction they had come, taking their blue light panic with them. Ten seconds later, the street was so quiet and still and fixed in amber, it might always have been that way. Returning to her borrowed bed, Theo found herself smiling. Here was evidence. London was a place of extremes and surprises, a place of unprecedented chaos. Anything was possible. Just wait until she got started. The Terrible Business of Salmon and Dusk is a podcast and novel written and performed by Mike Bartlett. Book one, How to Disappear Completely, begins December 2023. More details is at salmonanddusk.com. You have been listening to a Burnt Toast production.